When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! We call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Lexus post game podcast uh, where Eddie and George are live from uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the uh, site of uh, one of the tougher losses in uh, recent memory as OU falls to Kansas for the first time since 1997. Uh, something that Bob Stoops never did. It was uh, yet another first that we hit, get into the post Bob Stoops era, losing two games in a row, losing to Kansas, but the Sooners drop at 38 33. Uh, had every opportunity to win a game that they probably shouldn't have. They they really had no business being in. Uh, but let's welcome in the guys who have talked to the players and the coaches after it's over. Uh, Eddie and George, guys, uh, welcome to the disaster that is this Eskridge Lexus post game podcast. It was a shit show, Gary. Um, happy to be here, though. Damn glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad, and um, it's still pouring. It is pouring rain outside. We're about to get soaking wet to get to the car well one of us is about to get wet the other one is about to get wet to her i'm gonna i'm gonna take the fall here and sprint to the car so that uh, because eddie was out in the weather all day today i was gonna say make bob go get the car but he's got his own ride yeah it was uh it was horrible carrie i it was not morgantown i'm not ready to say that it was morgantown 2.0 uh just in terms of being down on the field and just getting sopping wet the entire day but I thought it was uh, pretty miserable. It was about as miserable as Oklahoma's performance today. Well, you would have thought that it was raining ice the entire time, the way that Jeff Levy did not allow Dylan Gabriel to throw the football. I mean, uh, just on the day. Hey, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. Uh, with the with the, the pot or with the play calling? Uh, the, the play calling. Okay, you, well, you, you were so yeah, alarmed, you made me wonder, like, something's wrong with the pot. No, I mean, no, 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 no. look, Dylan Gabriel threw the ball 19 times on the day. They ran the ball 55 times. Carry seven, seven of his 19 passes were on the final drive when they absolutely had to throw the ball. It made no sense. You would, you would have thought if you just looked at the box score today, you would have thought that they were playing in a driving snowstorm. It, it, I know that it was raining. It was sloppy. It was, it did rain heavy at times. But you can't tell me that the weather was one of the reasons that they didn't want to put the ball in the air. Do they not have trust in any of these wide receivers anymore? How about all season, Dylan Gabriel, all he's done all season late in games is come up in clutch moments throwing the football. I just, 
it was baffling to me, even on the with the Ethan Downs interception, they come back and I get it. You want to run the football, burn some clock, but Tawi Walker goes down, at least run something out in the flats, let Farouk make a play up the field or Drake stoops or something to get some sort of yardage. It just, I just, it was, it was unbelievably, it was, it was well, scary. Guess what, guess what though, George, I'll just, let me jump in. If they would have done that and thrown out to the flat, they would have just continued to force Gavin Freeman down their throats. Sure. I, I just I couldn't believe they didn't get the ball in Farouk or Drake Stoops' hands on that final drive to try and get a first down. It just it made no sense. Kansas knew exactly what they were going to do. They went to Javante Barnes, who hasn't played in like six weeks, and all of a sudden he's the guy. They're like, he's going to go get us the first down. I just, I don't know, man. It was one of the worst offensive play calling games that I've covered. And I covered the Denver Broncos last year with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, it, it is up there. <laughs> I mean, it is quite, it was quite terrible. You talk about the second half, uh, the first three possessions where they run the third and three sweep to Gavin Freeman makes no sense. The next possession, Savion Bird gets the unsportsmanlike penalty, just a stupid play. And then the next one, they don't even have a running back out there. They hand it off to Farouk and he fumbles. Like, what are they? Like, it just was, it was astonishing how bad the play calling was today, in my opinion. Have you seen, okay, so Kansas actually puts passing chart reports in their uh, in their post game uh, stats I you know that'd be awesome to have all the time uh Oklahoma they they for pat on passes over 20 20 plus yards they only attempted three passes of 20 yards or more today and passes from 10 to 19 yards they only attempted four of those passes the majority of their stuff was zero to nine yards. Uh, let's see, six, uh, five, yeah, uh, six passes. So, I mean, there weren't a lot of passes, but my God, I mean, you haven't played uh, Brennan Thompson the entire year, and he makes one of the biggest catches of the season? Yeah, and I, where was he all game? Where, where was the pushing the ball down the field all game? And I get it, teams are, are doing some different things to keep them from you know, doing that. And, and, and that's what this team wants it, wants its identity to be is throw the ball down the field. But Jeff Levy has to do a better job of, of finding ways to move the football. And it's just so bad at times. It's just that they dig themselves a hole and then they just sputter. It just seems like the most inopportune times. Here, I don't, I don't get, I, I wish I had an answer. I don't I've, have an answer. I've said this Eddie about Jeff Levy. You guys know this in the war room several times. Jeff Lebby calls plays like he spent his entire career playing at shit kicker state. Like he he's tries to get so cute instead of just just, yeah. just running the offense, just just all the stuff to Gavin Freeman today. I mean, there was there, I mean, Jill Jalil Farouk fumbles the ball because he's playing running back. I mean, it's like it I don't we, get we, it. We have unleashed, quote unquote, Javante Barzit. Like, just give him the ball. Why do you have a running back or a wide receiver back there? It running just, into the middle of traffic? Like, he's not used to that. Well, here's the thing. Like, he's been criticized for not running the ball enough. Now he runs the ball too much. 
And it was almost like he lost faith in Dylan Gabriel once he threw the pick six to start the game. And then he went into his own shell as an offensive coordinator, like, oh, I can't call any plays down the field because of the conditions. And Dylan might throw another pick six. And then what happens? It, it was such a defensive game plan from an offensive standpoint. They they were trying to do, in the way I look at it, I think the way that most fans look at it, they were trying not to to make any mistakes instead of just letting it loose and knowing that you have one of the better quarterbacks in the country back there that guys, when he made that throw to Nick Anderson late in the game over the middle, I thought to myself, okay, this is Texas all over again. He's ready to go. What did they do? They ran three straight plays that got a total of like six yards after that. And one of them was the keeper, uh, the called run to, to Dylan Gabriel, but the, he ran two, two, he let the backs run the next two plays and they went for almost nothing. Yeah, I just, it's so frustrating to watch because it's just like you see them make these plays. They're like, why can't they do that more often? Why can't, and maybe it's, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's harder than what we all think, but I think it just needs to be simplified in a lot, a lot of ways. And I, you know, look, I think they, they miss Andrell Anthony. That's very clear. They just don't have a guy like him right now. And How do we know to, that though? I mean, they never throw the ball down the field anymore. That's that's my point. It's like we don't we don't they we don't know. And then you know they don't have a tight end that does anything in the passing game. And then they I don't know what the hell they're doing on the offensive line. I mean, it's like line changes. Like like why is Caden line changes? Why is Caden Green not starting the the game? Like he he's been so good the last few weeks. You put Bird in there and he was not any good. And then Rouse is clearly banged up. Jacob Sexton every every scoring drive today. It was Caden Green and Jacob Sexton at left guard and left tackle. I don't understand why they went back to Bird and Rouse to start the second half. It made no sense. It's EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out. Uh, they've got the new TXs uh, that have just come in, uh, the new luxury uh, third-row SUV. They look really cool. Um, but the uh, Lexus TX SUV almost here, Lexus' biggest SUV they've ever built, and it's arriving now here in late October. Uh, TX is perfect family SUV for uh, hauling around all your stuff to the next sporting event, tailgate, road trip, whatever. Mention that you're a Sooner Scoop subscriber, and Eskridge Lexus will offer you a special discount on any new or pre-owned vehicle. So, uh, as always, they never have bogus extra charges like dock fees or force you to buy added accessories that you never wanted in the first place. So, uh, visit EskridgeLexus.com, give them a call, uh, tell them Sooner Scoop sent you, and they will take care of you. Yeah, there's clearly, to me, I mean, last year we were critical of Brent Venables for game management and just overall just dysfunction. To me, it's falling more on Jeff Levy's shoulders. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if he's ready for this type of job. I mean, I, I hate I mean, to say that, but that's where we are. I mean, he to, like to I said, blunt, he's been, he's, he was at Southeast, whatever, then he was at, then he was at uh, UCF, and then he was at Ole Miss. I mean... He's and who was calling the plays at Ole Miss? And I mean, Lane Kiffin was calling the plays. So, I mean, it's like he's – it's almost like he's learning on the job, guys. I just don't understand why they do all that bullshit that they do. Like the end arounds and stuff. When you are running the ball straight down their throat – and then and I love Gavin, but it's very obvious that he is adjusting to not being faster than everybody. This isn't 3A, and it's not Gavin's fault. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's disjointed. It's not – it's not. here's the problem, guys. It's not improving. Like, we all knew going into this game, like, this team has to continue to get better 
if they're really seriously going to be in the playoff conversation. Yeah. Well, and I they're, mean, they're, they're, they're regressing offensively. The last two this, games are a regression. I think the joke's on us a little bit. I mean, this team isn't ready to go win a college football playoff or compete for a college football playoff. I, they're not even, even ready to run through this to, to win the Big 12. No. Did you see what Baylor, or not Baylor, what Texas did today with a backup quarterback? Sure. I mean, just look at and it, it could boil down to that you turn the ball over three times and you have how many yards of fucking penalties did they have today? I mean, my God, getting giving Kansas 30 yards. No, the 30 on, yards in one play and then another 15 on that drive. They had 45 yards in, in unsportsmanlike penalties on that drive. By the way, yeah, uh, so. So you guys are at the press conference. We should probably talk to this for people that haven't listened or, or just or haven't gotten around to it yet. But the explanation from Brent, what I could tell was it was a coach on his staff. He wouldn't name it, but it wasn't him that got the 15-yard yeah. penalty. Yeah. Kerry, uh, I'm going to send you the video right now, and you can tell me who you think it is, but I have a pretty good idea who it is. I think it was Bill Beatenbow. Hmm. But it was it, a defensive play. It was a defensive play. I know. I know. And I think that that's what pissed off Brent so much. I'm sending the video right now over to you. And you can tell, you can see the way that he looks down at the, where the offensive coaches are at the time. And he already uh, Brent had. It just, I don't know. That was about as mad as I've seen uh, Brent Venables outwardly at a coach on the sidelines before. I'm trying to watch yeah, it. It's right a key now. point in the game. So is this video of of right right after the penalty? Yes. Okay, so they throw the flag. Brent has this confused look on his face. He's, he's looking down. You can see Bill there on the walking, sidelines. He kind of he's walking his arms out. Yeah, he's walking down. He he's he gives a death stare. Yep, it looked like it was Bill because he throws his arms out like, "I'm sorry," and then Brent shakes his head, and then he just starts walking away from him. And, and mind you, this is a play after, I believe, the Kendall Dolby unnecessary roughness that, you know, I the guy wasn't down, but he did slam him to the ground. I get it. OU fans would be bitching and complaining if it was the other way around. They would want the unsportsman like it probably was at the end of the day. But you just can't do that. Like, they have little mistakes where you just can't do that if you're going to be a really really good football team. Nice to see Justin Broyles yelling at everyone in the middle of that. Yeah, he helped a lot today. Um, I just, I I don't know, Kerry. I, I, I want to go back to the Jeff Levy thing because I, I wrote a pretty um, scathing? scathing gamer on Jeff Levy. After. I think you've actually been taken off of the Christmas card list. With the <laughs> Levy uh, but I think you're right, Kerry. I don't think he, I, I'm starting to think he's not ready for this and what i mean by that is i'm sh- I, I look i think he's probably a above average offensive coordinator in college football but for a team that has college football playoff aspirations it's just not good enough and i i i wonder if you know brent realizes that uh you know after the game i asked him straight up you know what's your confidence level in the offense and what's going on over there and he deflected and immediately said well i should have called a timeout on the fourth and six on Kansas's final drive. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, sure, maybe you should have, but like the reality is the offense didn't get it done today. I don't, you know, he's, the saying we all, he's, up, he's basically saying we all made mistakes. 
Yeah, and I get that. That's what the head coach is supposed to do. But like, I I wonder behind closed doors what conversations are being had about just the offense's ineptitude because this is two weeks in a row where the offense inability to move the ball when they had to last week, it should have cost them a cost them the game this week. It actually did. I mean, there's a lot of things that cost them that game. I mean, guys, they should have lost this game by three touchdowns. They really 100%. should have. I mean, this was I, a I, terrible I performance on both the carry. secondary. Once again, they're and look, if Peyton Bowen's healthy, he's got to be a bigger factor. Either. I mean, Billy Bowman did come up with a big pick, and then Ethan Downs comes up with a pick. So they made some plays on the day. But That's the crazy thing. They had, you had two, quote-unquote, game-saving type interceptions, and, and they weren't able, squandered. To, yeah. weren't able to do anything with it. Because they were, of the they, offensive they, play calling. Sure. 100%. Or just the offensive plan in general. I, I just... I mean, if you would have told me that after Ethan Downs picks that ball off, that all you got to do is get one first down, and you ran the ball, not only did you not pick up a first down, you went backwards, like you said, George, in the instant reaction. Yeah, they they went uh, lost one yard, then lost another yard, and then I think got like four yards, and then and that's where I was like, I would have thrown the ball on that third and long. I I just at that point, like you're just you know. It was stupid, but then, but you're right, Carrie. On defense, like I'm at the point where Peyton Bowen is better than Key Lawrence and Reggie Pearson. Like he should start, and it's the same with you know what? I think Jaron Canick at some point is probably going to be a really good linebacker for Oklahoma. He's not there yet. No, he missed way too many tackles today. Like Kip Lewis came in for Danny Stutzman. He's just so good. I think he's if Danny can play next week, I'm starting Danny and Kip Lewis. Like those are your two best linebackers. Maybe even Kobe McKenzie. Like Kobe McKenzie, I thought came in and played well. Like I just don't see it from Canick right now. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, you just have to play your best players. And I think that's the same case on the offense. Defensive line get manhandled today. At times, you know, I thought that defensive ends played pretty well, but interior. Yeah. I mean, they, they got gashed in the running game. I mean, right up the middle over. I mean, I think they're exhausted. What was the time of possession today? It's, it's pretty equal. I mean, here's the thing. There are no stats. Of, I mean, the turnovers three to three. So it, 28, like, 28 50 for Oklahoma, 31 10 for Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's significant. No, that what's in Kansas here's wasn't good on third Here's either, what's significant. And I put this on third down. I put Jesus. this in the two for 10 yeah. on third down for Oklahoma. That's what I put in the uh, in the stats for the final post on, on the scoop account two for 10 uh, third down conversions. Uh, Kansas was four for 14, though, so it's kind of a wash. Um, you know, red zone stuff was pretty similar. Turnovers were similar. Everything was similar. It, it just shows you OU's undisciplined nature today was really the difference in Kansas being in that game. I mean, and the offensive play calling. It just... Yeah. I mean, it, it as complicated as sometimes we make this, it's pretty cut and dry today. Really, the biggest thing is that 110, 110 penalties or 11, whatever it was, 100, 11 pen, penalties for 101 yards. Yeah, and home. you're digging yourself out of a hole basically from the first quarter on i mean it even though and we and george and i talked about this in the instant reaction when you finally took the lead 21 14 you had opportunity to kind of step on the throat take a little bit out of the crowd lack thereof because of the weather 
and they just weren't able to do that. And hell, I mean, when they came back from the lightning storm, they were it was unbelievable. I mean, they scored twenty one, you know, unanswered well, points. Well, sure. they should, they got a break too on the Kansas muffin the kickoff, but right. You know, I just. And by the way, it, it, Marcus Stripling being in that position to field that kickoff, what, how does that happen? What, what, and the only reason I say, like, he's been good, I bet that's something that Kansas scouted out and said, hey, if we get into this situation, let's pooch punt it or pooch kick it to uh, the defensive end that's back there. But OU also has to know, Kansas was kicking into a pretty strong wind there. Yeah. They're not going to get it to the end zone regardless of how big that kid's leg is. They had to know that that was going to be somewhat on the table, right? Farouk, and, I mean, am I Farouk, crazy for thinking that? Farouk was in a dead sprint to try and get to it, but he just wasn't going to get to it in time. And he actually could have recovered the fumble. He's right there, but it squirted out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But it's also just it's just the small things, guys. Like it's it's the details, like running guys on and off the field on punt and punt return. I mean, that cost them a timeout in the third quarter. Like in which, by the way, stupid timeout. Just take the delay of game, and it's just like it's just sloppiness where it's like things are so undisciplined at times that like it goes back to last year, Carrie that. Like you, you, they lost so many games because of just terrible, undisciplined play. Which fall, yeah. Ultimately, that falls on the coaches. Like I, my my takeaway from today is that a large part part of this loss is not on the players; it's on the coaches. Like I, I am like fully on board on saying this loss is is a hundred percent on the coaching staff today. Well, and I think it even goes back to what's gone on with the running back rotation. I mean, you suspend. Tawi Walker for I'm sure legitimate reasons, uh, and then he becomes your best running back again when you don't start him, uh, and then all of a sudden it's like we only play Tawi Walker, and you know Gavin Sawchuk again, who's a very capable runner, kind of just goes to the wayside. Um, I'm still I'm still hung up on this idea that last week I'm having conversations with people before the game that yeah sounds like they're going to just shelve. Javante Barnes for the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden on Monday, he's taking one practice reps with the ones. Did he just get magically healthy over the course of three days? Yeah. Or is it's it just a, a, or is it a mismanagement of the running back room? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards that more than I am thinking that he just hasn't been able to bounce back from a toe surgery. I, it's mismanagement of the running back room, and I think the offensive line, it's been a mismanagement up front, too. There's a lot of people angry with Bill Biedenbaugh after this game. And he's you know he he's a notorious tinker with the offensive line, but never this deep into the season. It's week eight. Yeah. You figure it out. Like, you got to stick with a group and go. I mean, Troy Everett was... Uh, they were technically... They would have been down to, like, their third... Right guard at some point today when Troy yeah. Everett ran out there, right? Yeah, I just and who knows? Maybe that was the flu because we heard that was a position that got hit. We can talk about that now. 
Maybe sure. maybe they didn't get to practice that much this week. I mean, certainly Andrew Rame was one of the guys that was hit really hard, but you didn't really yeah. notice anything from him today. But maybe it was, you know, Troy Everett as well and 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 Caden Green and and Savion Bird. I mean, Savion Bird's thing was just like you just that can't happen. I can. It's like you saw that happen with the personal foul with him today, and you're like, okay, that makes sense why Bill doesn't want to play him or doesn't give him opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it was a dumb penalty, and I just, but I don't even know why Savion's in the game if McCade Matower is healthy in play. But George, they were great in the fourth quarter against UCF with Savion in the game. Yeah, but Caden Green, but Caden Green has been so good at left guard. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it's, I'm sorry. Like if McCade is better than Savion, and so is Caden Green. So why is Savion playing over either of them? Well, McCade wasn't available last week, so that's. Well, I know, I know that, but I'm saying this week, <laughs> this week I almost just swallowed my gum. This week, I almost had to give you the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> This week I'm yelling. This week McCain yeah, is out of We might get kicked out of here yeah. today. I I hope we do. This I mean this was just wow. It was fucking terrible, man. It was terrible. Is that our first f ball on a on a Sooner Scoop podcast from you? Yes, I'm sorry, mom, but and she'll probably agree with me. She knows they played <laughs> like shit today. Oh man! If, if I I can say two positives out of the day, can you? I did, really? I want to hear well, this. <laughs> Tommy Walker was really, really good. I thought he ran the ball great. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. That's, I mean, here's, he was here's getting the thing going the forward. knocked out of him and getting up every time. Here's the thing going forward. They are really banged up heading to Stillwater. Yeah, I, I think the, the Danny Stutzman thing is very concerning. He came back in for one play after he... Uh, and realized you know, he couldn't go. Off the field. And but yeah, basically realized that he couldn't come back in. And, you know, I... Think that the linebacker depth is good, but taking Danny Sussman off the field, I mean, completely changes this defense. And they, they, it took them a while to recover from losing Danny. I mean, that defense started falling apart. And you can, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, Kip Lewis is a great sport. player, but. He's not the guy that everybody is looking to pre-snap like Danny Stutzman is. Like they lost their anchor there, and it it, it sent them reeling a little bit. It also doesn't sound good about Gentry Williams. After the game, I asked Brent, and he said that he doesn't think it's long-term. And that was his answer to what's Gentry Williams' situation. But that, to me, is still not hopeful. It was weird, too, because he went through pregame. He suited up, uh, just didn't play. And, you know, I think that we can probably talk about this now, too. I mean, we had heard on Monday, basically, that Gentry had a knee injury, not even at practice. It was during a workout. So I don't. And Kanai Walker had some okay. I think that that was his side, though, that yeah. they ended up hitting on at the end of the game. And that's another thing, guys. I mean, fourth and six, those critical fourth downs. It seems yeah, you, like teams hit, the- hit the jackpot on that down. It, it becomes such a critical down for OU. It's like they lose their mind. I mean, what was it? It was fourth and one uh, against UCF, I think. And, and they like was that when they got a touchdown? Like one of their big, long touchdowns was a fourth down play. I don't remember. There's been a lot of uh, what, football. Uh, which which touchdown? Against UCF. I don't know which one, but I believe maybe it was that. Oh, that, it was the one was, that, the, that Woody blew. One, uh, I don't. That wasn't a fourth down because that was okay. like an 89 yarder, right? Yeah, but there was some fourth down play 
that they converted. Well, they converted. It, it, it they converted the third and nineteen or third and eighteen, and then they converted the fourth and ten on the uh, the to cut the score to two. Yeah. Before the two point conversion. That's becoming a theme, and it's troubling. Yeah. Here's the thing with this team going forward, and I would I would usually try to find the positive spin here. And and to, to a degree, I do think a lot of the stuff we saw today is pretty fixable. I don't know if they're going to actually fix it because they haven't the last couple weeks. But if you told us going into Bedlam before the season that, oh, you'd be 7-1, and one, I think we'd all be like, that's pretty good. But the, the reality is the way they lost the game today, coming off of really a very similar performance a week ago where they just survived and escaped a, a game that they should have lost. That's the part that's concerning is because they didn't go and fix a lot of the issues that they had a week ago. Yeah. That's those struggles a week ago. Didn't seem to hit home with this team. No. And I, that's the, pro, that's the part where it's like, well, if they can't fix those things, I still think that they should beat, you know, West Virginia, BYU and TCU. Like those are games that I just don't think those teams are very good. And I think Kansas is, is a pretty good football team. But they'll go get beat in Stillwater next week if they play like this today. And they might get beat pretty bad if they play like this today. I'll say this. Um, you look at that defense just individually, you know, not having Stutzman in the second half. There's only two guys I look at on the entirety of the defense where I say those guys played their asses off. One was DeSaw McCullough and the other was Kip Lewis. And he came in halfway through the game. I mean, I, this, I, I this, this, play more. Kip Lewis was second in the team in tackles today. Yeah. He needs to play. He needs to play more. He needs to play more. Well, Bottom fourth, line. technically, because Canick, Bowman, and McCullough, McCullough, that's a George thing, got me. Uh, they each had six, and then Kip Lewis had five. I mean, Kendall Dolby was up and down today. Losing Justin Harrington just was a brutal blow, I think, for this team, too. Just the cheetah position overall. Yeah, yeah but any team playing. worth a shit, George, I mean, they're going to overcome a big loss like that. No, I know. I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, that's why I'm saying it's a it's a big loss because they did lose him. Yeah, I mean, I look at Danny Stutzman as a big, Stutzman as a big loss if he's out for weeks. Well, yeah, no shit. I mean, he's a fuckus <laughs> award type player. I mean, yeah, it's it's a massive loss. I'm I mean, just saying a, that's one that's going to be difficult to overcome. I mean... And look, Kendall Dolby is not Justin Harrington. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say they've gotten enough production out of that position to not have their defense suck. Yeah. And I think Kip Lewis is the best guy that you could possibly have to replace a Danny Stutzman, but he's still not the guy that leads the entire defense. If Danny Stutzman can't play next week, who are you starting at the two linebacker spots? Because I'm at the point where I'm starting Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis. You might have to start Kobe McKenzie just because he brings some heft. And I don't trust Jaron Kanick to just go to town stopping Ollie Gordon all day. Exactly. I think Kobe McKenzie's your better bet against what you're going going against. Dave got. Dave, I mean, they, look. There's one. Th I mean, we just have to say it again. This is a team right now with problems, and the last two weeks are troubling. And now they're probably going to. I would. Yeah, they're definitely going to face a team that's better than these last two teams that they played in Oklahoma State. 
did what we watch against Texas was that just like a a fluke? I think that Holy something shit. up it was a just the spirit of the Cotton Bowl. I mean, everybody yeah. elevates their play when you go down there, and they played really well. I think that that's what the frustrating thing is: is that you go, that's kind of what that ceiling is. And they've taken steps back each week. They've gone out onto the field here over the last three. By the way, I, I, it's so weird to put this in a sports podcast, but uh, it's a really huge. Did you guys get this alert just now? Yeah, from TMZ. Yes, Chandler. Sad. Chandler has died. Matthew Perry. No way. Drowned yeah. to death. Yeah. No, that's super sad. He was in his home. It was at his home. He must have like just got pilled up and drowned in his bathtub or something. That's awful. You saw that last friends thing, didn't you? The reunion hit that they had when he was yeah. just zonked out of his mind. I thought he was pretty close to circling the drain. No pun intended because he drowned, but no. Anyway, no, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry to derail the pod there, but that's that's a pretty I, I big think deal. That- it, it it can't be any more down than we are right now. So, uh, <laughs> just talk about everybody's peace. childhood dying. Rest peace. in peace. Um. So yeah, Oklahoma State Bedlam. It's gonna be really. OU fans, I, I feel bad for you because I think OSU is gonna take care of Cincinnati just fine. You're gonna yeah. have to endure a lot of chirping this week. Yeah, and you know maybe so. that's good for this this. Maybe that's good for this group of football players. Oh, it, it, they're right back to where they usually are at this time of the year, where you're batting down the hatches. You've had a loss. Everybody's going to say, yeah, it was good for us. Yeah, you know, we're going to learn from it. It's going to wake some people up that maybe had gotten complacent. And, uh, you know, I who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next week? But I, you, you, were asking about, this- you were asking about the Texas thing, Eddie. And here's what I kind of I, – I watched a lot of that BYU game sitting in here. Texas has a lot of talent on that roster. And OU went out there and hit him in the mouth. Probably, you know, and they showed, OU showed in that game that, yes, they have a lot of talent too, including a quarterback, including some receivers. I mean, especially on defense, all the plays they made. But ever since that loss, it's like all that talent has, has not, it's like they've accepted like, okay, we're good now. Like, I don't think they've truly accepted we have to be better than we are. They say that yeah. and, and because that's what the coaches tell them all the time is you haven't arrived, you haven't done anything yet. But I don't think they believed it. Well, there's still some there's still some residue, if you will, from years past and a very, very terrible season a year ago. Like I think that myself was a little bit naive to think that, Oh, everything's everything's been fixed because you went and beat Texas and you're seven and zero going up to Lawrence. Like it's not that easy to just eliminate a year of just absolute terrible football from this program. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not even a year removed from six and seven. I mean, here's yeah. the, here's the thing that, that probably hurts OU fans a little bit is you watch where Florida state is right now. I mean, they looked awesome today. And they look like a team. That's where OU should be, and they're not even anywhere close to that right now. 
But well, that's not. I mean, I I don't know if that's fair to say because I mean, how long has Norvell been at Florida State? Look, this thing. Yeah, a, they went through some years of suck. Yeah, this, look, this thing's. I still look now if they go and they lose the rest of the games, right, and they finish the season seven and five, then yeah, th- th- this was. Well, shit, I mean, if, but, if, if that happens, you're you're all the way back to where we were at the beginning of the year, where you're wondering, can Brent Venables get this thing done? Even if even if they're eight and four, nine and three, I think you're still wondering that a little bit, but. I I think we need to let it play out before we're like this is just look again they're seven and one and I'm not going to sit here and be a sunshine pumper because I think they have a lot of issues I don't know if they can fix them but if they can go win next week I still think there's a very good chance they're playing in Arlington no I mean that's possible all I'm saying George is at the end of last year they were neck and neck with Florida State and Florida State's taken off because they've done they built that program to listen hold on so they built that program, and yeah, they did go through some lean years. Wake Forest is awful, Gary. Yeah, but they've beaten Clemson. They've beaten LSU. But Gary, Clemson's awful. How much stock are we putting into the the fucking cheese it Bowl? You don't no think that Florida State's one of the top four teams without question in the country right now? No. Wow. I don't. I don't know if they are or not. But you're 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 comparing Oklahoma to Florida State from the cheese it Bowl. A year ago, like that, just it, yeah. I and now they're one. Sh- what I'm saying is now they're one of the top four teams in the country, and they look like it. Yeah, but that, I don't care that Oklahoma played Florida State close in that game last year. That means nothing to me. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, when fans look at it, if you just listen, that, that they went toe to toe with Florida State. They were both similar teams. They won that game basically because they completed a pass on Justin Brawls at the end of the game, which they probably would have completed that against anybody. It's a, it a great pass. But you come into the season and OU fans look at Florida State and they say, okay, that's where they are. We played them at the end of last year. So OU needs to be there right with them. And they're not. That's unrealistic, though, isn't it? I just, there's too much roster turnover. There's so many external factors to sit there and and compare that. I just, I think that's an unfair comparison. And sure, I'm sure fans will look at it that way, but I don't, I put zero stock into that. I don't know why you guys object to that so much. It's just a comparison that everyone will make, naturally. With OU and Florida State? The progression of both those programs this year, side by side with each other. I I don't think that I understand it, I guess is what I would say. We'll just move on then. So I think we're all just, I mean, we're just they, a little all they, on edge. They squeaked out a win against Boston College this year, 31-29. We're, I think we, we can okay all say they've that? gotten better, though. Florida State, I don't know if they're playing anybody good. I don't I mean, Clemson's terrible. Right Virginia Tech's awful. Syracuse should fire their head coach. They got their ass kicked on sat on Thursday by Virginia Tech. I think I think Florida State's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm pulling up their schedule. I got it right here. They beat LSU. Now they they've over the last three weeks they played really well. I can't dispute that. I mean, forty one. And that's all I'm saying. They beat Duke, what thirty eight twenty. And without Riley Leonard, though, and Duke got their ass kicked today, or they were getting their ass kicked by Louisville. They had Riley Leonard for some of that game. What year is Mike Norvell in? This is a program that's had to be built over time. Like I just don't think it's a fair comparison. 
Well, what's not fair is that they got the Keon Coleman kid from LSU, who's a stud. Yeah. Oh. And OU doesn't have a receiver like that. I also still believe OU wins today with Andrew Elliott. And by the way, Florida but, State has great running backs. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that one wide receiver changes anything because it, does that complete like this? It was Andrell Anthony, who we didn't know what to expect from in August. He's that big of a difference in OU's passing game that they can't throw the ball downfield. Yeah, no, I would uh, say that that's bullshit. Yeah, I well, I'm okay. Yes, true, I agree, but I still think they win today with him. I mean, yeah. Well, that, that, are they gonna throw it down the field? I mean, sure. I don't know. It's de- it's dependent on the play caller to actually attack. Like, just where is the like? This team overall does not have an inta- attacking mentality. I just don't see it. It's it's more of a. It's kind of it's kind of reverting back to last year, which is, you know, can we hold on? Like, there's no extending the lead with this team. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And even against Texas, they didn't do that. No, I mean you had opportunity to step on the throat down at the Cotton Bowl, and you just did it. But I is that something that you just have to like? Is that like the final installment of culture, just in terms of being able to go and take something from someone? I think it's. I think it comes. Look, I think all that stuff comes from Brent during the week. But the fact is, when the game starts. They have an offensive coordinator that isn't aggressive. They have, uh, you know, a defense that gives up too many plays in the secondary. They don't have great pass rushers, and maybe they would if R. Mason Thomas was healthy and they played. Did P.J. play a single down today? Yeah, he played quite a bit, actually, today. I guess he just wasn't that noticeable. Yeah. I mean, their whole pass rush wasn't very noticeable. I mean, even on the... The fourth and sixth, they got zero pressure. Allowed Bean to sit back there and deliver on that big play. Yeah, it seemed like he was sitting back there the entire day, just picking whatever he wanted. And when they did get pressure, he took off. He took off, or he threw it away. Look, I think I, I think I, I'm, I will stand by Brent Venables. I, I still think he's the answer, but yeah, I think so much time has been spent building the culture off the field and in the locker room. They just haven't built that culture of winning on the football field yet where we're going to go out and beat your ass. I think it's still, they still kind of have one foot in and one foot out. I I completely agree with that, 100%. And I think that, you know, like next week should be, it should be a rallying point. They should, they if if this program is taking a step in the right direction, they go beat OSU's ass next week. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they they suck it up. They listen to all the bitching from everybody on the outside telling them that they're no better than they were last year, and they go and get better. Because I still don't believe OSU's a good football team. I seven, just don't buy it. 7-7 seven, seven with three minutes left in Stillwater and under what I am told is a monsoon. Three because minutes before halftime? The, three minutes in the first. Okay. Here's the thing with OSU. OU should be able to score score points on them. Just like today, they should have been able to move the ball a lot better than they did against this Kansas defense. That's such a problem, though. I mean, that was like, you know, it's like two straight weeks they've faced defenses that have massive deficiencies in some form or fashion, and Jeff yeah. Levy has not taken advantage of that. 
And I don't, th- yeah, and that's the thing is, I don't think it's defenses all of a sudden figuring OU out. I think it's OU just shooting themselves in the foot because they do so much dumb shit on offense. It's just, it's it's mind blowing that, like, I just keep going back to what you brought up in the instant reaction, and we've already talked about it on the podcast. But I love Gavin, but that in the end around on third and three when you're running the ball right at him, I just it doesn't make any sense. And even if like I would take anything outside of that end around. How do they not get Jaden Gibson more involved? I think it's an overall trust thing with just about every position on that offense. Also, how's Nick Anderson not on the field on the final play? Did you guys notice that? I thought I Gibson thought if was, you're going to have to to the end zone. Or like, Gibson was, two but bodies out there. Wasn't, yeah. What'd you say, Kerry? I said Gibson was, but Anderson wasn't, right? On the final yeah. play. And I also thought, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and criticize the final play because it's whatever. It is what it is. But like I was saying in the press box, like I'd actually throw it short of the goal line and then try and push whoever is it, it is in because you're not going to, they had everybody in yeah. the end zone. Didn't the Chiefs do that one year with Tyreek Hill? Like threw something like that. I mean, it's, I would, it's a tough play because you're at the 20 or whatever. It's like, Throwing it up in the end zone with you know eight guys for Kansas, I would have just thrown it like two yards short. But go like mighty ducks and form a wedge in front of him. Should have ran the flying V when they when they completed it to Brennan Thompson. There was a I was like, holy shit, they're gonna win this game. I did I did too, but then I looked up and there was twenty one seconds left, and I was like, okay, that fifty five seconds went so fast. Oh yeah, yeah. Jalil Farouk three receptions, eleven yards today. He had and a fumble kickoff in a row. He had this is something that should never happen. I don't care. Jalil Farouk had two more carries than he had receptions. That's fumbled carry right kickoff. Yeah, it's another one of those toys that Jeff Lebby loves to play with that doesn't really move the needle. I I, I, it, it would be it would be a little bit different too if we were talking about getting the ball into some a guy's hand that's going to go win the, you know, or compete for the Blitnikoff. City, C.D. Lamb. Or, yeah, like, I like Jalil Farouk. He's not that guy. Yeah. George is like your story when everybody wanted to compare him to Debo Samuel and you were just, you had to bite your tongue. It's like, he's not not Debo Samuel. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, it, it goes back to, I think they just need to simplify things. Like, do what works. And maybe that's, that sounds so dumb, but it's like, they they have certain run plays that that are working. Stick to like run it up the gut. Stop doing this this sweep shit. Trying to get to the edge like it's not working. And then you know Drake stoops over the middle. Farouk out on the edge. Like it just seems like they're just trying to do all this stuff that that just doesn't work. Like keep it simple, stupid. Like I don't I don't get why they they do some of the stuff they're doing. Like they get too cute with it. They need to give them a uh, the index card. Bring Lincoln Riley. I'm sure Lincoln Riley still has some index cards around there. You can put all your plays on one index card. That's all you get to take up to the box. You don't get anything else. You know what's crazy? Like, Kansas started the game with all that misdirection shit, but they mm-hmm. were literally just running the ball. They just used so much window dressing. And they, sure. you know, it was, it was complicated looking, but you'll go back and watch that. Like, they didn't really separate themselves at all. Like, it, like when Kansas... It was at their best. They just let Jason Bean run around and find guys. 
like at some point you just have to find ways to let your players make plays. It's it's also definitely not the reason they lost today. But I thought the rain delay couldn't have happened at a worse time. No. And I know they came out and played really well after it on that first drive when they went in and scored and finished it off. But I thought, like, after you score, then you get the three and out, you're driving again. I just thought it you're kind of physically really dominating them at that point. Here's, here's where here's where I this is what I'll say. I think halftime came at the wrong time. That's they, that's fair. They had the momentum, and there, you know, there was discussion of them shortening halftime. I think OU would have benefited from them shortening halftime. Is that an NCAA? Like, no, you, you can. You, that? There's no rule on it. Oh, really? Both teams yeah. just so, have to agree to, to it. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it's the, whatever. The, if one team won't agree, they just have to do the halftime. Because if OU gotcha. just gets the ball back right after Kansas went down and scored a field goal, I think OU would have gone down and scored a touchdown. Which they did. They had 50 seconds, remember? And they just ran the ball and they yeah. ran the clock out. But Which I don't like the way that the half was with 50 seconds left. I don't really I don't really mind that. Well, I'm being told that from a uh, super secret source, uh, the great Max Olson, Kansas uh, ate Uncrustables during the delay. What did OU have? That's a good question. They should have smoked meth. Probably Teddy Grahams and Capri Sun. Well, I think uh, Tawi Walker may have got like a steroid shot because he came out and was just unbelievable after the, after the delay. I'll, uh, you'll probably, I, I don't know if we'll do a Sights and Sounds this week. We probably shouldn't, but we might just because I thought the uh, the way that he was getting up every time that he, he was getting murdered. Walker. If he doesn't get hurt, I think they win the game too. Because, I mean, you have to because one guy's not bringing him down. I like three or four guys were having to hit him. I don't know how he got back up. Well, if you'll notice, really like the Kansas players were taking the burn of that too. They had guys falling out left and right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is just incredible to a certain extent. It's weird, man. I I have no idea though. It's obviously a very disappointing performance today but you know at the same time i do think that like we were being completely naive and thinking that they were going to run the table i don't i don't think that that's a reality i they and i think i think games. we thought and i think the fans thought that there was you know a, gonna be another shoe to drop sure and i think most people just didn't want it to be bedlam sure but now that it's happened you know it it, it was gonna happen at some point i think we all knew that but now it is, can you get yourself up off the, the canvas? Well, I mean, if you can't get up next week for a game that is going to be talked to, I, I would think it's going to be one of the bigger bedlams in recent memory, just because of everything that's going into it with OU leaving and it, you know, probably being the last time in a long, long time. If you can't get up for that, it's it's kind of like the Texas game. If you can't get up for something like that, I mean, you should, probably should just pack up your shit and get out. Well, I mean, the, the the whole thing is OU is still in the driver's seat as long as Texas is right there as a one-loss team. So you got to stay a one-loss team to guarantee you're going to make it. And, and beating Oklahoma State would give them their second loss in conference. So they would be out as long as you win out. you got to win out to get into the, the Big 12 championship basically now. Yeah. It's do or die every week. And, I mean, it probably should have been before. Well, it might have been do or die to make it into the CFP. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, they're so far away from that. It's just, it's not they're even They're not funny. ready for that, no. No. 
And I think, I think in all hard hearts, everybody knew that, like from what that shit was a year ago, you don't just turn into just a spectacular football team because of some pregame speeches and good leadership. I do think it's going to be really interesting this week. Uh, you know, how they kind of pick themselves up off the floor with the leadership. Like this is a big week for the Danny Sutzman's of the world. And it's a, big, it's a big week for Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I thought his comments after the game were interesting. What he, did he say? I didn't see. He was just very like, he's definitely upset. He was very short with us, but he said, you know, we're going to find out what we're made of. You know, I was, have they fallen in love with running him too much? Like Probably. I thought the stuff that in the Texas game, yes, there was some cold runs. But it was very, it came to him. Like the game kind of came to him. I also think he's getting a little antsy. I think he's getting antsy in the pocket. Sure. Well, when you don't know who's in, you know, they can sit there and say that it doesn't matter who the five are in front of him. I don't think that it's a coincidence since Oklahoma State started, uh, you know, kind of solidifying themselves up front. And they made some changes out of that South Alabama game, then out of the bye week. It's not a coincidence that they got some continuity up on the front of the offensive line, and all of a sudden they're running the ball really well. We're going to see. Uh, Bedlam next week. Uh, it's going to be a huge one. It's going to be all the buzz. I don't, I don't know that there'll ever be a Bedlam. Well, there won't be past this, but this, this will be one of the most anticipated Bedlam games. It's the last time these two may ever play each other. Probably, I mean, they're going to play somewhere in the future. But... This is OSU. Every OSU fan's chance to get in their last laughs before OU, you know, divorce them and goes to the SEC. I mean, this is huge for them, and OU better realize what they're up against because they are they're getting ready to walk into a buzzsaw next week. I mean, they're going to need to be on their Texas level if they're going to win that game. So we're going to talk a lot about that this week. By the way. One thing that didn't suck this weekend was your ride up to the game. Uh, no, it was great. It's going to be really tested on the way back, Kerry. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be driving through an absolute monsoon. Well, I don't want to keep holding you guys up from uh, getting on the road. Um, but thanks to Ed Eskridge and Eskridge Lexus, uh, they do. They are our official travel partner. We're proud to have them. Uh, and they provided us with the... Uh, the Lexus GX uh, today, which was what we took to uh, uh, Nashville as well for the, uh, yeah. not the same one, but same models. Um, Nobody takes care of their customers more. I mean, I, I dropped my car off to pick up the uh, the ride to come up here and uh, needed an oil change. They took care of it. Everything is awesome. Yeah, and we've had people, like I had a guy just text me, uh, DM me, or text me actually, um, that uh, his wife was looking for a, a special edition of a, a certain car, certain Lexus. And I told him, Hey, go get with Ed. He'll take care of you. I promise. And I just got a message from him the other day saying, Hey, just want to let you know, Ed took care of us. So, um, all right, guys, I appreciate all the work, uh, today Absolutely. and throughout the weekend. It was, uh, we'll get more into the Boganowski trip that you guys took last night yeah, for uh, sure. as well. Uh, video up on that, on the Sooners group editorial, the instant reaction, up right now on the Sooner Scoop page, so go check that out as well. Uh, and we'll be back again Monday for uh, the uh, the roundup, the game review, whatever we want to do there uh, with Josh McQuistion. So looking forward to that, and uh, it's going to be an interesting week, folks. So Eddie, George, appreciate you guys. I'm Kerry. We'll be back again next week after Bedlam for another edition of the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. <laughs>